This morning, if you'll open your Bibles to 1 Peter, we are going to be in 1 Peter once again this week. We're going to continue to look at this disciple who had spent years with Jesus, who had gone through a transformation himself, who understood what it was like to betray Jesus, disappoint Jesus, feel disappointed in himself, yet be used by God greatly to see people's lives changed and still needing growth in his faith. We come to 1 Peter today because he's encouraging a group of people who are being persecuted, who are being uh, chastised in a culture that is really a difficult culture to live in. Ladies and gentlemen, when I look around me, I say we have a difficult culture to live in. It's in conflict with our faith, it's in conflict with our morals, it's in conflict with our belief. And, and soon there will be a, an election where we can go and we can elect, uh, vote our conscience and try to go in the direction that God has called us to when we vote. But we also find ourselves with friends and employees and people that we work with, family, people that we know who do not necessarily agree with things that we agree with. And can, you, can I just be, I'm just going to be real for a second. Sometimes it makes me mad. Does it make you mad sometimes? Yeah. I mean, let's just be real and honest this morning. I mean, if we're going to come before a holy God that knows everything, let's just be real. Sometimes it just makes you mad. Sometimes the things that they say about the church, about people, about race, about history, about abortion, about people who don't believe the way they do, sometimes it makes me mad. I'm glad somebody else deals with that too. But what are we to do with that? How are we to respond in those moments when we go, those people, you, sometimes, I'm... I'm a pastor, but listen, sometimes I go, those people are idiots. <laughs> they have lost their mind. What's wrong with them? Somebody ought to slap them. <laughs> but I often say that in jest. But sometimes I really want to mean it. So what do we do with that? How do we do that as, as believers, as followers of Christ? How do we deal with that? How do we deal with our emotions? How do we deal with those moments when people are angry at us and they're voicing that anger because they don't agree with what we believe in or what we say? How can the true grace of Christ be evidenced in a culture that conflicts with our faith? Let me tell you how it can be evidenced. It can be evidenced by the person that you looked in the mirror and saw this morning. That's where the evidence will come from. You cannot wait for someone else to provide the evidence of God's grace into these people's lives. You must be willing to step up and be the one that you saw this morning in the mirror. Be the one that will show grace and be that evidence. But how do we do that? I mean, we're, we're human beings. We struggle, right? I mean, I struggle. Well, as we started in Peter last week, Peter gives us a lot of groundwork. He gives us a lot of things for us to know. He talks about Jesus and the Father and that we have an eternity. We have a heaven and we need to keep our minds on things above, not on earthly things. So as we go through this, we want to see how he's encouraging these Christians who are dealing with a cultural conflict and persecution and difficulty, how they dealt with it so that we can glean from that. Because we can sit here and come up with good ideas all day long. But ladies and gentlemen, 
if we can find what the Bible says, that's the way I want to go. So let's look this morning at 1 Peter. I want to begin reading in verse 13. Peter says this word, Brian, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the end, uh, at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lust, which were yours in ignorance. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. Because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. I've got bad news for you. What we have to do in response to this culture is to be holy, to act holy. God has called us to be holy regardless of the people who are around us, regardless of the emotions that come up inside of us, regardless of what we feel someone else is saying or not saying or how they're treating us. God has called us to be holy. It is not an option. So when it comes to holiness, what does this really mean? Well, let's dive into this idea of holiness. And what does it mean to be holy? Because I know some of you right now are thinking, well, I am not going to be able to measure up to being holy. Good. You are on the right track to holiness. And if anyone is thinking, at least I'm holier than that guy I work with, then you better hold on and fasten up your seatbelt because Jesus just might have something to say to you today. Holiness is not simply based on your purity. It's based on what Jesus Christ did on the cross, what God did by sending Him, and that makes you holy. It don't make you special. It doesn't make you better than other people. It just means that you have been forgiven of all the mess. Ladies and gentlemen, if we were put in the same situation around the same people with the same background as some of the people that we have issues with, we would probably be just like them. But because of the grace of God, we are not. And this holiness is not optional. Notice what it says. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy. Now, here's what I want us to do is let's talk about some holy truth this morning. And number one is this. We are called by the Holy One Himself. We are called by the Holy One Himself. Verse 15 makes, but like the Holy One who called you, understand this is not an edict being put forth by the pastor standing up here or by the songs that we sing or by the church itself. This is an edict being put out by God Himself who calls you to be holy. All holiness stems from the God who called us to be holy. It is not based upon our works and our good deeds and our good thinking and our good words that make us holy. It is God Himself who makes us holy through the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. You understand, the only reason we can even talk about being holy is because the Holy God put His Holy Spirit inside of us to flesh out all the bad so that we can live a holy life as He has called us to be. So it's not completely on you. God is the one that will do the work, but we do have a part to play in it. 
Before we can grab hold of holiness, we need to first understand our calling. What is a calling? A calling is a strong inner impulse toward a particular course of action, especially when accompanied by a conviction of divine influence. This call to holiness is not a call to be better than other people or to check off a list. This call to holiness is to live out what God has placed in you. Do you understand me, church? This isn't about us trying to look good or really dress up nice when we come to church. Now, this morning, I am wearing a brand new coat. My wife, my wife went and bought me this coat, and it's got three buttons. Man, I love a three-button coat. It, it just makes you look suave and debonair. But I want you to know, this coat does not make me any more holy than if I'm wearing a t-shirt. This coat does not make me any more holier than anything else I do in my life. It is the Holy Spirit that makes me holy. So for you to think that you're in control of your holiness and that you have failed at being holy, it's simply because you have not let the Holy Spirit that resides in you, if you believe in Christ and He is your Savior, to really take control and take up residence. See, there's a difference in letting Jesus just visit and Jesus take up residence in your life. If Jesus takes up residence, you will become holier. And that is what God wants us to do. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy. Calling does not merely mean an invitation, but conveys the idea of God's power in bringing people from darkness into the light. So not only are we called by the Holy One, second is we are called to be holy by the Holy One. Now, you can agree or disagree with anything I say, but ladies and gentlemen, I did not write this letter. This is, I'm, I'm just a postman delivering what the Bible says already. It says that we are to be holy ourselves because He is holy. He has called us to this holiness. There's a lot of people that will talk about calling. They'll talk about things that they feel in their life that they are to do, and they'll have a passion, and they'll have a purpose, and they'll have a mission. But ladies and gentlemen, I can tell you right now, everyone who is listening, who are here, have been called to be holy because God has done the calling. It's clearly in black and white in my Bible that we are called to be holy. Holy does not mean sinless perfection. It actually means that we are forgiven. Holiness doesn't mean that we have no spots, no failures. Holiness means that we have a holy God that's working on us, making us holy. We're in that process. We're being sanctified. We're becoming more like Jesus. God is not simply our role model. God is our Father. And if He is our Father and we are His child and the Holy Spirit lives within us, then we should all have some family resemblance. We should all be be looking like... Now, many of you know that the lady that... The young woman that sang that last song is my daughter. And so many people have said she looks like me. God, I hope she grows out of it. (laughs) But she's a beautiful, beautiful girl. And a lot of people have said she looks like me. Why does she look like me? Because she's my daughter. There's a part of my DNA that is in her. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus shed his blood to put his DNA inside of you. And you need to be looking like him. And it's not because you're better than people. It's because you are connected in a relationship that's deep. Verse 16. 
but uh, 15, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. Listen, holy hearts are obedient hearts. Let me say that again. Holy hearts are obedient hearts. Those who are fighting against holiness are those who are in disobedience to God. Those who are not trying to grow or not willing to grow, those who are not letting Christ have control, and there's certain areas in your life that you're going, I know the Bible says I shouldn't do that, but let me tell you something. You are in sin, you're living in sin, and you better be careful. You need to deal with the things that God has made clear in Scripture because He said to be holy. And if you don't participate, He's going to get you to a place where you have nowhere else to do or anywhere else to look except for Him. And then you will participate, and that's not a fun place to be. You'll grow. You will definitely grow when He has to take you to that place. But He has declared that we are to be holy because He has called us. But here's the difficult one. In verse 15. Did anybody catch a word in verse 15? See, we like to compartmentalize our holiness, don't we? Man, we come on Sunday morning. We're going to talk nice to everybody. We're going to put on a smile. We're going to be good. We're going to keep our, our, our closet shut. And people aren't going to know what goes on after we leave this place or when we go to work or when we get in our car or when we're at school or when we're with our friends. We're going to keep that a little separate from all this churchy stuff. But ladies and gentlemen, according to the Bible right here, let me, let me read it again. I didn't write it. It's just right here. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in some of your behavior. No? Is that not what your translation says? All right. All right. So, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in most of your behavior. That's not what it says. You know what God has written down in black and white so you don't have a question about it, so you can know for certain this is what He expects. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves in, everybody say it together, all your behavior. All of it. Oh my goodness, now the pastor's gone meddling. He's going to talk about how I talk to the kids or, or my kids or the neighbor's kids or, or how I drive my car and how I do my, you know what, I don't have to because God's already convicting you or you wouldn't even be thinking it. So the Lord's already working on your heart right now. Because God has said we're to be holy in all of our behavior. Even when we get perturbed at other people or people aren't nice to us, that is included in the word all. Whenever someone calls us on, up on the phone and it bothers us in what they're saying or how they're carrying on or what they're talking about, you know, the Bible says all of our behavior. You know, when, whenever that robocall comes through and it, it's the 16th time your phone is rang during the day and it's a computer talking about voting for somebody and you're going, Ugh! the Bible says in all of your behavior, be holy. So don't start calling those people on the phone names in your head. All of your behavior. See, holiness is this. You are set apart. You are sanctified, consecrated. Do you understand Jesus died on the cross to set you apart? To make you different? To set you up to live a life that's different than what this world has told you is acceptable? God has a plan for you that exceeds your thoughts and your ideas. 
God has a plan for you that goes beyond anything you could dream or imagine. E.M. Bounds said, God's entire plan is to take hold of fallen men and women and to seek to change him or her and make them holy. You've heard me say this before, and I say this every premarital counseling. What if God did not create marriage to make you happy, but to make you holy? You'll be happy if you're holy. But I can tell you that when, when I got married, I thought I was a whole lot better guy than what I found out I was after I got married. Man, I realized there's some things I needed to work on, and it is no fault of James. Jane's a great woman. It's just that when I got married, there were some things that began to show that I didn't even know was there. And I began to realize, man, Lord, I'm sorry. And I had to work on some things. See, we're holy because of the Holy Spirit, but we're becoming holy because of the Holy Spirit's working in us to get rid of all that dirty... The third thing is simply this. We... Live in broken vessels. We live in a sin factory. Peter says we are called to be holy, but yet we live in a factory of sin. We live in a factory of the flesh, the flesh that wants to take over, that wants to be fed its own selfish desires. I'm reminded of what Paul wrote, consider yourselves dead to sin. Consider, no, remember what Peter wrote in verse 13, prepare your minds for action. When you look into scripture, you begin to find that the flesh does not have to rule me. When I have the Holy Spirit, it's much more greater and more powerful than my flesh. And as long as I use my flesh as an excuse, I will never grow any more with God. Somebody needed to hear that. As long as I use my flesh for an excuse, I will never grow any more with God. Because your flesh wants to say, oh, you can't help that. It's okay. Nobody knows. You know, that's just the way you are. Let me tell you something. According to Scripture, you're much more than that. Don't believe that lie. You don't have to give in to what this world and what your culture and what your mind keeps telling you that you have to. The more we see ourselves as good and the determining factor for that is us, we lose the ability to see our need for a Savior that died on the cross and rose from the grave. Ladies and gentlemen, we are not good at heart. According to the Bible, our hearts are deceitful. We are depraved because of sin from the Garden of Eden, and we are in need of a Savior. And because we understand we have a need, and that need is Christ, and once we have Christ applied to our life, then there is a holiness that can begin to happen. It doesn't make you, I'm going to say it again, it doesn't make you better than people. I'm going to say it one more time. Holiness does not make you better than anybody. Because the idea is, well, they're holier than thou. Look at their attitudes. Look at the way they act. Ladies and gentlemen, we are not better than anyone because we have been made holy by Christ. We are simply forgiven. And we need to help them understand the wonderful peace that we have. God in His greatness has made us holy by His actions and not our actions, not our own ideas in our own wills. We find holiness and how to be holy based on the Word of God and the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. 
not our culture, not the, what's popular, not what people accept, but what God accepts. Peter recognized that the Christian life is not passive, but it's active. We are to do God's will as obedient children. Look at, uh, look at verse number 14. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. See, there was a time that flesh had control and sin was ruling our lives. But once we have Christ and the Holy Spirit, that doesn't have to happen no more. According to Scripture, the Holy Spirit is, is going to help us overcome those things. As obedient children, see children, father, relationship, there is a connection here. All of my children have something to do with me. There's a part of me in them. They act like me. Sometimes they laugh like me. Sometimes I go, God, get that out of them. What you, that right there, what, they just, what he just did, Lord, get it out of him. Because that came from me. We want to see our children excel. So does God. He wants to see us be holy because He is holy and we can become holy because He's holy, not because we are inherently holy. C.S. Lewis said, When a man is getting better, he understands more and more clearly the evil that is still in him. However, when a man is getting worse or he's falling more into the flesh, he's falling more into sin, he understands his own badness less and less. And he sees himself as good. Fourth thing, not only do we live in a broken vessel, we live in a broken world. We live in a world that is broken. When we see people act the way they do, it shouldn't surprise us. Because this is a broken world. This broken world is being run by Satan himself. Jesus said he is the prince. He is... The prince of the air, as a matter of fact, Ephesians chapter 2 says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, which is the devil himself. See, when we are not becoming holy, we're listening to the prince of the air, which is the evil one. And we will fall slave to that. So we live in broken vessels and we live in a broken world, but yet a holy God has called us to be holy. What do we do? How does this flesh out? Well, know this. Know this for a fact. Make sure you write this down because this is... When I came across this or, or whenever God just really showed me this, I was so excited because this is really where the rubber meets the road. Let me tell you about holiness. Know this. First word is live. Live in such a way that people look at you and say, you must be connected to God. Wow. Think about that for a second. Live in such a way that people will look at you and say, wow, you must be connected to God. It doesn't mean that you have to dress like me every day. It doesn't mean that you have to spend five, six, eight hours in the Bible every day. It means that you let what's on the inside come out of you, and the next thing you know, people are going to look at you and say, Wow, you must be connected to God. There's something special about you. 
That is truly being holy as God has called us to be holy. Because what's on the inside starts coming out. It starts running over. It begins to flood out. And it becomes a natural thing in our life. And let me say it again. It doesn't mean that you're better than anyone. It doesn't mean that you're super special. It just means that God's getting more control and He's coming out of you a little bit more. Don't ever, 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 never, never, ever use the idea that God's called us to be holy and He has declared us holy because the Holy Spirit take you to a place where you think you're better than someone who is living in sin. Because in that very moment, you need to get on your knees and repent of pride. And pride comes before the fall. Holiness is not about being better than others. It just means that you've already received the gift that Christ has given to us. That you're walking in God's plan. To live a holy life is to live in such a way that people look at you and say, Man, you've got to know God. Can I ask you to pray for? If you've ever had that happen, good news. You're living a life of holiness. Because people see it, they witness it, they understand it. The outward should reflect the inward. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, God said, Let us make mankind in our own image. In the likeness of God, He made them male and female. You want to understand what the Imago Dei, the image of God, means? We are to reflect Him. That's what an image does. That's what a mirror does. When you go look in a mirror, what does that mirror do? Is there another one of you in another dimension? Now, if you're in the Marvel world, that might be another dimension. But in the real world, it's in the here and now, it's simply a reflection of what it is that's really standing there before. We are to be the mirror of a holy God to a world and a community and a nation that is divided, that is hateful, that wants to destroy and to kill. And the only way to change it is for God's people to rise up and to live as God has called us to live. And that is to live a holy life, loving people and not being above them, but trying to reach them so that Jesus will change their life, not our words and not our actions. That will change what is happening in our culture and our nation. So many people want to fight now. So many people are living on the edge of being, being angry. And they're looking for a reason to be offended. Let me tell you something. I'd rather them be offended at the holy God that's pouring out of me than to be offended at my driving or something I've done. The way that I handled something. I want people to see a holy God when they see me. And if it means I have to not be right and I, I don't win, so be it. Because you know what? I know who wins in the end. I know that this is only temporary. I'm just an alien passing through. And if I don't win, that's okay. This morning in one of the Sunday school classes, I was sitting in there and uh, the question came up about you know, the mission of games that you had growing up. I only had one mission in every game that I've ever played. There's been one mission. Win. Win, win, win. I'm competitive. I like to win. And sometimes, okay, I'm, I'm going to confess. As your pastor, playing cards with my children, I have cheated. I just want you to know, I have cheated. I have snuck in cards without them looking. Look, see, my daughter is confirming it. She's shaking her head. And you know what's, what's great? is at the end of the game, when I win, I go, I won. 
But y'all didn't see me cheat. <laughs> That's been my mission, to win. But ladies and gentlemen, especially you men, some of you women, you do not have to win every argument and everything. You don't have to always be right. The only one that's right is God Himself, not you. And sometimes, even though somebody is trying to prove their point and be right, sometimes we step back and go, okay, you know what? I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to let God handle you. You don't say that out loud, okay? Please don't, don't go say that out loud. But that's just your prayer. I'm going to let God take care of you. I'm going to let God work on your heart and your mind and let Him do the changing because obviously I'm not going to convince you of anything. And that's what we got to do. And when we do those things, it tears down their defensibility, their arguments, their... See, people don't like Christians because Christians haven't acted like Christ. Christ was holy. Christ did talk about truth. But right now, I want us to focus on what Peter has said. Peter wrote to these people who are being persecuted, who are being put down, who's dealing with issues in their life. And he said, you are to be holy. Because the one who called you wants you to be holy in all of your behavior. And if you're holy in all your behavior, you know what people's going to say about you? They may call you weird or strange, but I guarantee you they will be saying, that person has to be connected to God. Because the way they handle things, the way they handled their boss, the way they handled that mistake, the way they handled that person pulling out in front of them. Hey, I have a ways to go. I still have things in my life that God's working on. When I go, oh man. Buddy and I started doing a, a thing called uh, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. And chapter one is about don't kick over the beehive to get the honey. And the whole first part of the chapter is about don't criticize. Don't be putting people down. Don't be, don't be running over them. And you know what I found myself doing just right after we let, listened to that chapter? I was criticizing, and my son looked at me, and I went, oh, no. I've got work that has to be done. I don't stand up here perfect, but I stand up here holy because of a holy God that lives within this body who is making me holy. And I'm holy because the Bible declares me holy, not because I act holy all the time, 100% of the time. You can ask Jane about that. Chuck Colson said, Holiness is the everyday business of every Christian. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, It is because of Him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. It comes from God, and He is at work in us to make us holy. What must we do? Number one, why don't we do what verse 13 says? It says, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So let's prepare our minds for action in our life. Let's go ahead and prepare our minds so that this week when we're confronted, because I guarantee you, because you've heard this message today, somebody's going to go to lunch and there's going to be a waitress that's going to tick you off. And you're going to sit there and you're going to want to be, I'll show her, I won't even leave her a tip. If you do that, please, please tell them you're from Free Chapel, not Chicopee. 
No, I'm kidding. Just don't tell them you're a Christian if you do that. Listen, God has not called us to treat people based on their actions toward us because thanks be to God, He doesn't treat us that way. He has treated us, even though we were in sin, He died for us. And we need to model that to others because if we're to be holy like God is holy, then we must model what God has done. And when people really make us mad, aggravate us, get us upset. We need to take a deep breath. Man, I can't believe the pastor preached that message Sunday. Now I'm sitting here and I'm going to have to do something with it. Scott, I hope and pray you bring this to mind to everyone this week. But go ahead now and prepare your mind for the action that you're going to respond differently, that you understand that there's a Holy Spirit living in, in you and you need to... See, the difference between just knowing something and doing something is called conviction. When you are convinced and you are absolutely, without doubt, you believe it to be true and you have a conviction of that, that what, what you are thinking and what you believe is true, you will act based on that conviction. Not on a belief. I can believe I'm a millionaire all day long. But it ain't going to get me a lot of places. Because my checking account, account will show something different. But I am convinced that God is in control of all my finances. He's in control of everything in my life. And sometimes I mess up with that. But I have a conviction that He is the one that provides all things. Second thing is be obedient to God. Look at verse 14. As obedient children, obey, prepare. We are to be obedient to God. Ladies and gentlemen, listen very carefully. We have to stop acting like we are mightier and holier than all those who are far from God. We have to start acting in such a way that they know we are connected to God and that there is a holy God. Because their argument is that he, he isn't real. He is insignificant. They are convic uh, convicted and convinced that a holy God has nothing to do with their life. We need to stop looking down at them and understand that the only one to look down on, on, upon them is Jesus Christ from the cross. When he said, Father, forgive them for what they have done. We have to stop walking around like we have all the answers and that we got something to prove. The only one that's got something to prove is the Holy Spirit, God himself. We just need to be a vessel. Say, God, you take over. You take control. We need to start acting in such a way that they know we are connected to a holy and living God before they will know there is a holy and living God that loves them. Then and only then can we speak into someone's life and see them open up to let God change their life. As long as we are calling people names and putting them down and absolutely blasting others and talking about how dumb and stupid and, and how crazy it is, let me tell you something, they will not listen to what you have to say about a God that died for them. Is the Holy Spirit convicting anybody yet? Because this has convicted me. I know there is some changing that I have to do. That even in the privacy of my own home, in my car, 
in my mind. I have to be careful. Because remember what it said? We are to be holy in just the stuff that people see. It's not what it said. We're to be holy in all of our behavior. That which people see, that which people don't. The thoughts that we have that nobody knows about. And the words that we speak that everyone hears. God has called us to be holy. And if you're ready for a challenge, I got one for you this week. I prayed and prayed and God laid this on my heart. And I was like, no, God, this isn't a good one. Give me something like just let them pray or talk to a friend or something. Nope. He, this just kept coming back, kept coming back. So somebody, you better prepare your mind for action because somebody's going to have to use this this week. Here's the seven-day challenge. Be kind to the ugly and the hostile in your life this week. Oh, man, why do I have to come to church today? Somebody is going to face someone who's going to be ugly this week and is going to be hostile. Be kind to them. Maybe instead of you defending yourself and trying to prove yourself right, just be kind. Let them show the true character of who they are, but you also show the true character of who lives inside of you, and that's the Holy Spirit. Don't attack. Don't be ugly. Be kind. I'm not sure who this is for, and it will probably more than likely be the one who's talking right now up here standing on this stage. But I want you to know as your pastor, I don't stand up here and just talk to you about this stuff. I deal with it too. And when I'm confronted with this this week, I pray that God reminds me to keep my mouth shut, to take every thought captive to Jesus Christ, and let me respond with kindness. I put myself in the shoes of God way too many times toward other people's lives because I don't know them personally. Or they make me angry and they make me mad. That is the wrong place to be. I don't need to be in God's shoes and on God's throne. He needs to be on the throne in my heart and in my life. And that Holy Spirit needs to just flood out from me. So this week... As we walk out of this place and face a difficult culture, know that a holy God has called you to be holy in all of your behavior. And how can we do it? (laughs) We can do it because He's holy. And He dwells right here. Father, we thank You for this day. Thank You for Your Word. Father, I thank you for the challenge it has and that, Lord, it makes me look at this upcoming week and go, boy, I don't know what's coming, but, whoo. Help me, Father. Help me be kind. Help me be loving. Help me embrace the holiness that you have given to me and not the flesh that I fight in this broken vessel 
Lord, today, without the Holy Spirit, there is no way anybody can be holy. So right now, in the name of Christ, I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit will convict hearts who may not have the Holy Spirit living within them. Because, Lord, that is the thing that sets them apart. It's not because they're free from an addiction or they're, they're living a life that is just, they haven't missed a day of church and, and they're reading their Bible every day. It is because they have the Holy Spirit in their life. That makes the difference and causes all those other things. So, Lord, if somebody is holding on to their performance for their security and their relationship with you, Lord, convict them now and let that just be stripped away. Let them understand that it's about them surrendering to you and letting you just completely take over. So right now, in the name of Christ, Lord, whoever does not know Jesus, who does not have that relationship, may they simply ask you to forgive them and take over their life. Let them confess with their mouth that you are in charge. Let them ask for that forgiveness and believe that Jesus was risen from the dead and they will be saved. Lord, for those who have listened to the lies of this world, who has let our flesh take control one time too many, those who want to make a new commitment to say, God, I want to live as your word declares. Father, today, right now, may they make that commitment. May it be strong and true in Jesus Christ. I'm not sure what you may be going through in your life. Who may have come to mind in your life? Maybe it's somebody you don't even know. Maybe it's somebody you've seen on TV. Maybe it's a candidate or political person or maybe it's somebody you work with or somebody who is in your family whoever it is God has called you to be holy in regards to those people as well this morning however you need to do business with God maybe you've already done business with God and you you have already set everything straight right right where you are that is great This morning, if you need to come, there's going to be some men and women who will come up here who will be available for you to come and pray if you need to. If you need to pray by yourself or you need someone to pray with you, there will be people available here in just a moment when we stand.